Hello. You know, I asked myself a question back in 2007 after I had been devastated by a series of losses of people that were close to me that came from the, quote, Christian faith. They were calling on that name that starts with the J. And people kept dying, believing that they were healed in that name. And I just started to question, like, are the scriptures really what we think they are? And the more I questioned it, the more it made me dig. And for the first time in my life, I actually went and read the preface of the Bible translations that I had. I had a American Standard translation, an NIV, a King James, a New King James, right? I had multiple translations and versions, like many of you that are watching me, you've been able to uh, witness a lot of these different translations. And then I realized that these translations, these versions were just that. They were translations and versions from people who were translating their version and their perspective. And I wanted to know, how could we get to the authentic word? Like, where are the original scriptures was the question I had back in 2007. And so I went on a journey. And after reading my preface, I found out that a lot of these prefaces admit that they're somewhere between 78 to 85 percent accurate. And I'm like, well, hello. What about that other 20, 15 to 22 percent? Like where? What about that? Could that have a major impact? on us personally and our walk to want to get to the truth and do the things that the creator wants us to do. You know, people that have an affinity for the creator, for the savior, they, they basically want to do what the creator wants them to do. But the question is, what is it that the creator actually wants us to do? What does Yahuwah want us to do? What does his Son, Yahusha, Hamashiach. Now, Yahuwah, the Messiah, the, the Mashiach, the Savior. What is it that they want us to do? Like, where do we get that instruction from? Where everyone turns to the scriptures, or some people, they call it the Bible. But where does these translations come from? That's the question that people have never really taken the time and, and dug in and said, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Where did they come from? Like, what languages did they come from? And I think that most people that speak maybe English or Spanish or, or you know, Chinese, Mandarin, French, all the different languages around the world, you know, most people really haven't stopped and said, like, what language did these scriptures which hold the most important instructions in the world. What language did it come from? Well, they come from the Abari language, the Hebrew language. That's just a fact. That's not even something that's up for discussion. That's where the scriptures come from. You know, in the in the Brit Kadash, Hadash, they tried to say that it was written in Greek, and we know that that can't be the truth because the Savior... Yahushua HaMashiach, when he was here, he didn't talk in Greek that we know. There's no account of that. The, the disciples, 
they didn't speak in Greek, none of that, none that we know of, right? As far as when when the Savior was walking on the earth, we don't know of anybody that was a follower, a close follower of the Mashiach while he walked on the earth. And then before he got here, all of the great prophets, we don't know of any of them that were speaking Greek. And so, again, the Greek that we get from the Brit Kadash, the New Testament, that's just someone's translation. What I wanted to do back in 2007, actually May of 2007, is find out where are the original scriptures. Is it possible to get to the original understandings? And I've been blown away on that, on that search. And so as I began to study the original languages, the original tongues, you know, I was on a journey for three plus years, averaging studying six to 10 hours a day, six to 10 hours a day. Very few people I know that's put that type of effort in to find the truth. And so when I, when I did that, I realized how much deception there really has been. King James, who is King James? Like, was he a, a true tribe believer? Did he call on the name of Yahuwah? for his salvation and his direction? No, there's no account that we have that King James did that. So let's stop playing and giving that version so much credence when it was a version of a king that had certain agendas. Let's stop playing those games. And so we have what's called the Truth Scripture Project. I'm going to present the first chapter to you today and show you how revolutionary it can be in establishing core foundational truths. And I encourage you to help support this because this is one of the most important works that has ever happened in the world. Because at Promote the Truth, we've established that we cannot be manipulated. We can't be bought, right? We, we have open minds. We're willing to be able to, to come together and reason. But when people come together and reason, what we ask is, have you put that time in? Have you studied to show yourself approved? Have you dug down in the trenches? Have you possibly taken three plus years and studied original languages six to 10 hours per day? And most people will say no. So we want that basic respect of going, you know what? Maybe promote the truth is on to something here. And so what I'm asking you to do is, is to really, really, just say, I want to know the truth and I want to live by the truth. And what's so amazing is the simplicity of the truth. And so we've been able to accumulate some of the oldest scriptural texts in the world and then translate from there. And so what I've been doing over the past year since I found Yahuwah back in 2007, what I've been doing is I found myself translating the translations continually, even the ones that have come out and have removed, removed all the pagan names. There's a lot of great ones out there that have removed the pagan names that have reestablished the name of Yahuwah, the Savior, Yahusha, Mashiach. But I find that a lot of these are really... Uh, I would say it seems to be influenced by Judaism, by the Jewish 
faith, with the pharisaical faith. Now, I'm not here to point fingers to, to do any of that. What I'm here to do, I'm here to really get down in the trenches with you and have you just take a look at how can we get to the truth, stick to the truth without any outside influences. Because the scripture says over in Hazum, that you might know as Revelation, it speaks of it over there, very, very important. It says in chapter three, and it speaks about those who call themselves Yahudim, followers of Yahuwah, that are not Yahudim. See, the only way that you are a true Yahudim, you have to call on his name, you have to guard his commandments, and you have to uh, you have to completely eliminate all man-made traditions. You can't have additions to it. So I've got a lot of respect for those who attempt to try to get to the truth, but then I lose respect once they bring in tradition. So when I started watching a lot of the translations that are coming out in the truth movement, establishing Yahuwah's name, establishing Yahusha HaMashiach's name, I started to see a lot of the influence coming from the, the, the Judaism influence. And if that's what you want to follow, you follow that. I just simply, and we at Promote the Truth, we just simply want to follow the truth. That's it. How many of you just want something pure, plain, right to the point where we could just follow the truth? Well, that's what the Truth Scripture Project's all about. As I started reading, and a lot of y'all have been with me on this journey of, of a lot of the, the studies that I put out here myself with the team at Promote the Truth, and you see me reading from different translations, but then you see me continually correcting words and meanings. So I started going, if I continue, and we at Promote the Truth keep translating the current English translations that are doing their best, it seems, to get to the truth. Why don't we just actually just do it at Promote the Truth? So that's what we decided to do. And it's a big project. It requires a lot of resources, a tremendous amount of time, incredible commitment. So every day we take time and we are translating the scriptures into what we believe. We believe it will be the most accurate English translation that's ever been without any outside influence. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. So I want to give you an example of that and show you how important it is, some of these key words and, and how we can establish. So I'm going to go over to Barashit, sign name Genesis, and I'm going to share my screen with you so that you can see what I see. Okay, so I'm going to go over to Barashit. Right? Uh, so that's the design of what the true scriptures will look like. Now, we project that this will be out and complete by the end of 2024. Again, it's a big project. So we need assistance. We need help. We need more resources, specifically financially, to be able to help support this. And if you feel led and inclined to do so, you simply just go over to promotethetruth.com. 
you'll see a tab that says contribute, just contribute to the project if you see fit. You see, um, that's completely up to you. And we just are, are standing in faith that those who are called to Yahuwah and to this mission of getting the most accurate English translation of the scriptures in the world out there, they will come and they will help support this mission. That's what we're convinced in. And there's been many of you that's been doing that, but it's going to require a tremendous amount of time, effort, resources, and we'd appreciate your support. So let's go on down through here and let's look at Barashit. And I'm going to read this with you, and then you're going to see right away why this is so important. Barashit, sign name Genesis. Let's go to the beginning. In the beginning, Alua created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was a shapeless, formless substance. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, formless substance. And the spirit of Alua hovered over the vapors of the formless substance. You notice that those, those choice of words in translation helps us to see that there was nothing like at that moment solid. It was energies. It was vapors. Think about steam, a ball of steam of incredible rotating energy. Okay? Now watch. And Alua said, let there be light. And there was light. And Alua saw the light and that the light was good. Who's Alua? It's Yahuwah. Alua establishes who he is. He's the mighty one. Alua means the mighty one, the mightiest of the mighty, right? And Alua saw the light, verse four, and that the light was good. Then Alua divided the light from the darkness. That's a critical point that has to be established because it gets into how we're, we are to keep time. You see, these are just not like passive words. They're establishing the word of truth and how we are to conduct ourselves when it comes to timekeeping. So not only is it giving us an account of the creation, it's also telling us how Yahuwah, the Alua, he wants to keep time. He said he separated, right? He divided, I should say there, the second part of verse four. And then, then divided the light from the darkness. Now pay attention in verse five. And Alua called the light day. And the darkness he called night. You notice that he distinctly called the light time day and the dark time night. Now pay attention to this critical completion of verse five because it gets rid of all types of confusion when it comes to timekeeping. Verse five, at the, the second part, after the first day had completed, now what's the first day? The light, because Alua, Yahuwah called the light day. So after the light, had completed, that's the first day, then the evening and morning came. So that night time, which is called what? That darkness, which is called night, took place. This formed the first date. So we got these two critical words here 
that we've got to distinguish and it's critical to you from here on out. You see, day is defined, I made a quick note here. Day is defined as the time of light. Put that down in your notes. Day is the time of light. Day is not any time dealing with darkness ever. Otherwise, Yahuwah would have called it so here in the scriptures. But he was very specific in what we are to call the dark time. We are to call it night, not call it day. That's why the word date, D-A-T-E, is so important. The word date is so important because it now gives us a distinction on how to keep time. Date is the period of time to establish history. Put that in your notes. Date is a period of time to establish history. So the 24 hours make up a date, not a day. So we are to reference dates, but we're to never call the night, ever call it day. We call it night. We call the light day, and that 24-hour period makes up a date. You see how important the translation is now, right? Because now we know what happens when it comes to remember the Sabbath day to keep it set apart. You notice it didn't say remember the Sabbath date. It didn't say remember the Sabbath night. It says, remember the Sabbath day. How important is that? And people go, oh my gosh, like, 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 that can take, that could, that can expose all type of misconceptions. You're right. It can, it can absolutely crush the evening to evening theory, which is never established in scriptures of a, of a day happening from dark. It doesn't make it, a day started in dark. That goes against what it says here in the scriptures, right? That's why it's important to understand what Yahuwah is saying, not what some translators or versions are telling you. We're dealing with the real deal here. And if you look back in the time, why was the day so important? And if you look at Yahuwah's reasoning of remember the Sabbath day, many people were shepherds. They lived off the land. An entire 24 hours could almost be devastating in sometimes when it comes to taking care of the flocks, the animals, the families. There wasn't modern uh, electricity then, run, you know, pl uh, indoor plumbing, none of that. So we understand what Yahoo is doing here, right? And, and, and the Savior says, are there not 12 hours in a day, right? He knows what the day is, is like. So I wanted to establish that important part here in Barashit, sign named Genesis, right from the beginning, right? I just gave you the first five verses and it's revolutionary what it can do and the impact it can have. Now I'll continue the series on and hopefully this first part of this series of the Truth Scripture Project as we begin to as I begin to walk you through the power of just the first book, imagine when the, all of this comes out, right? 
So as I take you through that, imagine what revelations you're going to have and power that can come into your life. No one can manipulate the truth when you have the truth and it's established in you. That's why we only promote the truth. And as Yahuwah gives us light, any corrections we need to make, we make them in the spirit of humbleness. So if this is eye awakening to you, if this, if this is like, like, wow, then like support the work, you know, get behind us, spread this word, share this video, ask people to come subscribe to our channels, subscribe to our newsletter, ask them to check out our social media platform because we just keep pumping out more and more truth. So again, if you'd like to contribute and help us out, support us financially with this project, the True Scripture Project, we're going to continue to keep you updated. As you can see, we're doing right here. I just go over to promotethetruth.com. We also put it in the description. You can click on the link and then you can support. You can do one time. You can do uh, monthly support. We'd appreciate that as we go on this journey. And you can know that you are helping eternal truths. That's helping to actually save souls the right way so that people are not lost. They are actually saved in the true name above all names, which is Yahuwah. We appreciate you. Hopefully this has been a big help to you and I'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.